time for Bump and Run, the podcast all about golf. Here are your hosts, Bob and Jamie. And welcome back. Where have been? Run. I almost forgot the I almost forgot the name of the show. What, is it <laughs> I am, what pod, I am what's run? the podcast called? I'm Bump. Am I? Bump. Bump, yeah. I believe. And we're back. We're back. Uh we've taken a little sojourn, a little uh time off to recharge the batteries and do a few things. That's right. Just uh, like every golfer with... after the after the <laughs> masters they just take a bunch of weeks off. That's right. But now we're back with a vengeance. We got lots to discuss. There's been lots that's going on. There's lots that's coming up including major championships and uh, some interesting news from the Canadian Open, the RBC Mm -hmm. Canadian Open. Uh, And uh, I don't know exactly where to start. Why don't we start with next week, U.S. Women's Open is going to be at uh, Shoal Creek in Alabama. That is going to be a hot, sweaty one, I can guarantee you It will be. Sweet home Alabama. Yeah, and it's uh, Shoal Creek, of course, is an infamous golf course, hosted the PGA Championship at one point. There was a bit of a riffraff there. Okay, there was a bit of a riffraff back in the day when mm-hmm. uh, they uh, they had some uh, problems with the membership and race, but we won't need to get into that. It's a nope. fine golf course. We do know that. It is, and it's hosted the another major, the Regents Tradition, uh, for about uh, four, a four-year stretch okay. um, as well. Uh, so U.S. Women's Open, we got how many Canadians in the field? We got three. We got um, uh, Elena Sharp, and we got Celeste Dow, who's an amateur on the developmental team of Golf Canada. And uh, who's the other one? <laughs> that girl from Smith what's her Falls. name? Yeah, 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 that girl, the blonde girl. Uh, she's had she has a pretty good record in in the uh, U.S. Women's she Open. Does, she does, yeah. T- tied for tenth there as an amateur back be- the year before she turned pro, which is pretty impressive. And then she had a tie for fifth a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, she's I, I think I don't know if there's a golf course that doesn't really suit her game, but you know, for an aggressive player as she is, I would think that this would not be one. That would kind of play into her hands, but who knows? Right, exactly. Like you would, you know, she she generally has struggled in the final two majors of the year uh, over overseas. But yeah, for someone who fire who likes to fire at flags, uh, use the driver every hole, um, and be aggressive, you would think a U.S. Open setup is not, you know, maybe the NA or the or the KPMG, which she won would be more of a fit, but Brooke really has, she's really adapted her game uh, for the course on the different U.S. Open courses that they've used over her short career. Um, and again, you know, with Brooke, it's all about the putter and the short game. Um, I think we can all be pretty confident in her ball striking. Um, she seems confident in it after uh, after yet another top 10 um, last week. Um, she took this week off, which is uh, shocking. What? Yeah, she's not playing this week. Crazy. Amazing. Um, so, you know, all signs pointing up for Brooke. And, you know, the, the tee times came out today, and I don't know how you feel, Weeksy, but she's paired with Brittany Lincecum and and uh, Soyeon Chin. Soju Chin. She played... She plays with she plays with Brittany Lincecum every week. I think it, it almost <laughs> seems that way. But she's she's managed to avoid Lexi and Jessica Corda and Inby Park yeah. and Lydia Ko. So I think I think this is probably a pretty decent pairing uh, grouping for her um, to not be in. She's going to be in one of the featured uh, featured groups. But I don't know how you feel about that. Well, she's. I mean, like you said, going back to what you said at the start about how she she plays well in pretty much every. 
uh, major. She has top ten finishes in four of the five majors. The only one she doesn't have is the Women's British Open. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's only she's, she's got a T T nine of the Evian Championship. Other than that, she hasn't really been that effective. But this tournament, she was tied for last four years, tied for tenth, tied for fifth, sixty fourth, and then tied for thirteenth last year. So I mean, she she does play this one well. And and I you know I I said off the start about how the course setup is not favorable favorable for her, but it's not quite as penal as the men's right. U.S. Open. It is still tough, obviously, but I think there's a little bit more room off the fairways, at least the ones that I've been to. I've been, to, I've only been to two, but they, um, but you know, it is on the greens where she's she's going to have to make or break it. And um, I know she's been kind of rotating through putters a couple right. times this year, uh, put an old one back in, then took it out and put a new one in, and and just so she's still trying to find that grew, but I think last week she did putt very well, and it's mm-hmm. too bad it was it was shortened to, to uh, 54 holes, because right. who knows what might have happened if she'd had another 18 to go, but um, I like her chances. I think the, the story about Celeste Dow is really good, 16 yep. years old, mm-hmm. she got through a um, local and sectional qualifying, or I guess you only have sectional qualifying. Right, and she and, won her sectional. Yeah, and I think that's a really cool story to see that, and that's one of the neat things about the U.S. Open both men's and women's is that you get these stories right. of people who qualify through and, and just have a you know get on a good hot streak and make it into the national championship. It was you know like uh, you, you look back and Wes Heffernan is a guy who seems to play in the U.S. Open all yes. the time and he won his local qualifier again That's right. That's this year. Right. So he's off to the sectionals to see what happens. But uh, and then Elena Sharp, we have some news uh, from her as well. Why don't you uh, share that? Well, she's she's changed coaches. So um, mm-hmm. I saw I, I I saw as we probably all did on Twitter working with her new coach, um, Brett she, Saunders. Brett Saunders, and um, she is you know Tristan Mullally, of course, the Golf Canada women's coach, has been her coach. But again, I think it's probably a time thing. Um, he devotes so much attention to the younger kids, and and again, we could go into those kids all we want with the NCAA's of Jacqueline Lee and Maddie Zurich, and even Celeste Dow is one of them. Um, so I, so she has made that change and hopefully that can maybe spark her season. Cause it hasn't been a great season for Elena. She's kind of found, found it hard to find some consistency from, uh, you know, round to round almost. Yeah. She's, um, so she, she, Brett Saunders is uh, a Vancouver based coach. He used to work with Adam Hadwin. So he's got some chops. He knows what he's doing. And I think they had a, their first session this week. It looked like from her Twitter account and it looks like she's. Uh, pretty pumped about what's going on. Sometimes, you know, you just need change for the sake right. of change to to kind of freshen things up a little bit. Um, speaking of which, I think Nick Taylor, and and uh, who's had an, obviously a, a great start to the year, but has kind of tailed off right. lately, has parted ways with Ralph Bauer. So they're going to uh, who's who's working with some other people, obviously, and going to see what happens. He obviously works with Adam Hadwin, but um, uh, I think that's good for Nick just to try and get things. As you say, changed up a fresh face, a fresh look, and maybe something new that'll that'll spark a little revival for him. Right, and 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 for Nick, it was you know that start was great because you know you look at that one twenty five mark and it was one three hundred twenty five points last last year, and he was on he was on a great pace to hit that mark, and it's kind of slowed a bit. And he's struggling again at uh, at the at Colonial Fort Worth Invitational, um, but again, yeah, it's just fresh eyes, right? Like everybody needs him, Phil. You know, everybody changes. All even all the top players change coaches here and there. Look at how many coaches Tiger's been through. Um, yeah. You know, for uh, for a guy like him and Mike Weir, and you know, and Phil's Lid- changing all the time. So um, women's side, Lydia Ko has changed yep. a bunch. So. Oh my God, yeah, well, Lydia uh, Ko. Edwin's, 
everyone's looking for for the the new thing and something something that'll help with their woes. Um, speaking of new things, RBC Canadian Open mm-hmm. looks like it's going to get a new date. How about that? I know. Well, you were down in, at the players talk to it. You've been following the story quite a bit um, about you know what's going to happen with the new schedule. There's a lot of holes opening up on the, uh, a lot of holes. There's a couple new tournaments, some tournaments moving, some going. Um, so you talked to Jay Monahan and uh, at the players. So why don't you give us the update? <laughs> well, he, he obviously catched his words. Now, originally they were hoping to have the new schedule released for the players' championship. The holdup has been they're trying to wait to see if Houston can get a sponsor. Apparently, right. the folks in Houston, the Houston Open, where Shell was the sponsor for many years, um, but they pulled out, and Houston says they're very close to signing someone. So they've given the PGA Tour has given them a little bit of an extension to try and nail this sponsor down. But you can't wait forever because obviously a lot of things have to fall in place and people have to start preparing for certain things. And and if you can't, you know, there's all these other tournaments who want to get their new dates finalized so they can start preparing. So anyway, that's why the schedule wasn't released. And then a bunch of rumors broke. First off, I heard from a pretty good, pretty good source that it was going to be the week before the U S open. Then I, that's not going to happen from what I hear now. It was going to be, two weeks after the Travelers, and then I heard three weeks after the Travelers. So essentially in that period between the U.S. and the British Open is where I expect it to fall in mm-hmm. one of those two weeks. But there's all sorts of things still at play. Now, I'm, I'm pretty sure it will end up there, but it may only end up there for one year. And then you got to remember that in 2020, it's an Olympic year Olympic again. Year, yep. so, so everything is going to go uh, get shuffled around again. And apparently the PGA Tour is going to be dark during the Olympics. They are not going to have... Uh, a, a tournament going, which is a little bit surprising because right. they have people who I'm sure who want it. But I would suspect within the next two to three weeks we'll get everything nailed down, and I think you'll find it'll be in those better dates somewhere between uh, right after the Travelers, either two weeks after the Travelers or two, three weeks after the Travelers. Now, that's good. You don't want it, from what I've been talking to Golf Canada officials, you do not want it on that July 1st week, though, right. because that's a lot of people go away. That's so right. It's tough to sell tickets there, and it might be great to f- wave the flag and say, oh, Canadian Open on Canada Day. Um, apparently, the folks at, uh, at Quicken Loans in Washington, an event that's going to go away, they had it on the July 4th week, and it just absolutely yeah. killed them because nobody showed up. That's right. And I, I just, I, you know, obviously the the post open championship spot is not great, although you know, and again, I, you know, for the PJ Tour, RBC has done some great stuff for the PJ Tour, not only saving oh, yeah. the Canadian Open, but saving the the heritage, heritage. as well. So you got to think that that partnership has kind of push this forward to getting them a better date and you know ideally if you're a couple weeks after the travelers because a lot of players you know play that u.s open travelers especially the euros that come over to play the u.s open kind of stay for that tournament and everybody likes that tournament so if you're a couple weeks after that now you're into the you're into the open prep so you know a lot of guys will go overseas before that so you know i know you know, I know a lot of people are going to say, oh, great, everybody's going to come now if we get a new date. But that's not necessarily the case. It will be no. better, but it doesn't mean you're going to see Rory McIlroy at the Canadian Open or you're going to see Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, Jordan Spieth. It's not necessarily the case. However, you pro- you know, the work that RBC's done by signing some guys like Dustin Johnson and Jason Day in the past, you will see those guys plus a, plus a, better, a better depth of field. Don't you think it will be? It will be better, but you're right. You, you, 
there's no perfect dates unless you're a major championship exactly. or a world golf championship event. And and I looked at Tiger Woods' schedule, and with the exception of the years when the Washington event was on, where he was the sponsor or the foundation beneficiary, I guess, um, he never played between the U.S. and the British. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he's going to change that now unless there's monetary or some other reason for him to do it. And Phil Mickelson has not always done that. A lot of the guys, as you said, love the course uh, where the Travelers played. So last year, for instance, Jordan Spieth played it, Justin Thomas played it, Rory McIlroy played it. So, you know, it's better for sure. And I think it's it's reflective of um, the impact that RBC has on the PGA mm-hmm. Tour. It's also more expensive. It'll be it'll end up costing about a million dollars more because right. it's more of a marquee spot now. So where's that money going to come from? Is it going to come from the sponsor or is it going to come from the RBC can, or from the actual, from Golf Canada? Right. So, you know, there's a lot of factors here that have to go into it, but the the bottom line is it may not be a, a great date, but it's a much better date than, than what we had um, for so many years. And, and you talk about the travelers and they like to play that course. Well, you know, again, this is probably, I think we can safely say the last year of Glen Abbey. Um, for the ish, maybe, <laughs> right? You never know. But next year yeah. it's going to be at Hamilton, which has had yep. has hosted a couple opens or a couple of Canadian Opens before, and has had positive reviews from the players as far as the course itself. So again, right. if you can present these courses and these challenges for the player, if they grow to like the course, you know, then you will get some players come come to these tournaments you know i i remember That's when right. jim furick won in hamilton he raved about the course well, um, the first year they had it at first year they had it at hamilton there was not one bad review right there's been a few since and scott piercy won at one time and he wasn't no, you know just wowed by it but right. um they, they loved shaughnessy mm-hmm. i mean i think you're going to see them going back to some of these older courses now and there was supposed to be a, a plan released for that by golf canada but uh, essentially from what i understand it'll go to hamilton in 19 I'm not sure where it's going to go to 20. It'll likely go, likely, it's not definite, but likely go to St. George's in uh, 21. Right. So, uh, and, and then back to and Hamilton then back in to Hamilton, And probably back so to St. George's again too, right? Yeah, it's probably going to, they're probably going to keep it in the west end of of the GTA, let's say. And there's a chance it could go back to Glen Abbey if it's uh, not houses by that point. That's, we'll see. Right, and it's, a, it's, um, just, it's just a matter of, you know, it, it's very profitable in the Toronto area is what it comes down to. And we've been to the ones out outside of it in Shaughnessy, in Montreal, etc. It just doesn't do the same as it does in the GTA. They, they lost money, and they can't. Right. It's not like the U.S. Open where you're getting all this money from Fox Television. Exactly. You're not getting that. So you have to watch your your bottom line. Uh, okay, so Web.com Tour event. Two quick stories I want to cover off in this. One, the return of Mike Weir to mm-hmm. a regular schedule. This is the first time in who knows how long he's played two weeks in a row. He missed the cut last week. He uh, is playing now. At Despite the, some um, decent golf, right? He he missed the cut at six under. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, right. he was only two off. Right. He's, he's, he actually played, uh, with the exception of like one or two kind of bad holes, he actually played pretty good. And right. I think that just shows you the um, the difficulty he has with, with staying consistent. And yes. I think that might be something that happens. So basically what happened is he turns 48. There's an exemption category for... Uh, Canadians, or for Canadians, for, for mature players who are sort of heading towards the Champions Tour to play for a couple of years, and uh, he's found that, and he's on there, so uh, he's playing this, he played last week, he's now playing at the Nashville Golf Open, benefiting the Snedeker Foundation, right. so um, well, I think it's great that he's back out there playing, and, and I, I don't agree. give a rat's hoo-ha that, uh, that people think he, he can't play, and he's taken up a spot, because he's earned this spot. You know, when when we were with him at the TaylorMade opening, 
you really got a sense of he, he was working with the tailor-made guys on on fitting his clubs and stuff like that. He does work hard and he still does love it. You know, that yeah. was that was evident in the interview. And again, like a guy like Angel Cabrera is taking advantage of that too. He's playing in this tournament as well. Um and and playing some web.com events because again, he doesn't have and a really much status at all in the PJ tour. So, you know, these guys, hey, take advantage of the exemptions where you can get them. He did it for yes. a bit when he went over to Europe when he found that exemption about his uh, about from his Masters win. Um, if he still wants to play, and again, Mike's looking towards the Champions Tour as well. He's not going to stop playing. So no, no, exactly right. It'll be this will be a telltale sign on where he's at because okay. he's going to play a few weeks in a row. Yeah. Uh, okay, so then the other story here is Jake Owen, mm-hmm. a wonderful, wonderful musician, was given a, a spot in the field. Obviously, this is in Nashville, so there's a lot of country music right. people going around there. Comes out the first round, he shoots 86, and Twitter lights up saying, oh, you're taking a spot, this is brutal, why do we have this guy in here, blah, blah, blah. And um, he's taking it on the chops. Your reaction? I think it's a, I think it's a short-sighted reaction, to tell you the truth. Um, yeah, he... You know, I I know there was Steve Wheatcroft said the guy's got game, leave him alone, and I know he was on Twitter during his, during this round, you know, kind of telling people off. But yeah, again, you know, nothing against some a tour player that's trying to make it, but Jake Owens brings attention to the tournament. Exactly. And exactly, look what's happening with the cherry. I, our 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 good buddy Brad Fritch had a tweet about it. Who has who is again? There's a typical example of a guy who's looking for tournaments to play in on the Web.com tour right now in his situation, and he has zero problem with this because it brings attention to the tournament and it brings charity dollars into the event as well. He's playing. He's you know I, I even see a couple guys saying I'll donate a hundred dollars for every birdie he makes because he's doing Congrats a whole birdie swing. Brant Snedeker, whose tournament this is foundation this is benefiting, is donating five thousand dollars a birdie. Right. And our good buddy, our good buddy Dave, uh, L. David Dubé, who is the the guy behind Sportbox, uh, is also donating five thousand right. bucks for a birdie. Now, yesterday he didn't make a birdie. He didn't make it, but 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 hopefully he does make. Even if he makes one, that's right. great. There's ten it's, grand right there going a, to uh, to charity. And like you said, this is just a thing about this is this is bringing attention to a tournament that otherwise would have been lost in the headlines. Somewhere. Exactly. It's no different than Steph Curry getting his exemption, and it's no different than Tony Romo getting exemptions. All these guys, have, you know, and Steph Curry handled himself pretty darn good, but again, it brought attention to a tournament that would never get any attention. No right. different than this right. one. So, you know, the sponsor pays money, a lot of money, to sponsor these tournaments. And if they want to give an exemption to a country singer, who again has, they're not just going to give it to any random country singer. He has to have some sort of game. Yeah, yeah. and he's a good amateur. He's, you can a, see, he's, he's a he's a scratch player. Right, he's played apparently. the pro ams, and you know he's buddies with Jordan Spieth. And again, I you know you go for a guy like Steve Wheatcroft, who's been around the tours forever, says he's got game, leave him alone. Yeah, he shot eighty six, but what did you expect? Who knows? Who knows if the guy who he who supposedly took his spot doesn't shoot seventy nine, and the and the uh, by the way the uh, um, the crowd following him was reportedly the biggest of anything. On that's the, right, grounds. So and, and his, that's even, all you need to know. It's all you need to know. It brings attention. You know the web dot com tour doesn't get a lot of attention. It needs attention. So right. you know yeah. Steph Curry being invited out west, and and 
and Jake Owens being invited here, it's no different than potentially Steph Curry being the face of the Safeway Open in the fall series, exactly. right? You know, that's going to exactly. bring attention to that tournament, which is a tournament that doesn't get attention. Yeah. All right. Uh, lots of golf ahead coming up. We're getting into the meat of the summer. We're going to try yeah, a and keep this a little bit more back to our, uh, back to our weekly uh, uh, meetings, and we'll try and keep you updated. And uh, thanks, for everyone, for listening. And um, any last words there, Mr. Bump? Um, I am excited for the summer. It's going to be a fun summer. Um, you know, a lot of majors, a lot of majors coming up. There's been already two senior majors. We got a bunch of women's majors, all the men's majors. Uh, it should be a fun yes. summer. Should be good. Should be good. All right. That's it for this time. We'll catch you next time. Uh, I am Run. And I am Bob. See you again.